Welcome to episode two of The Grade, the Northeast Charter Schools Network podcast. I'm Joe. Hey there, I'm Jess. And we are in Connecticut with our Deputy Communications Director, Mike Shalansky. How's it going, guys? And our Connecticut Advocacy Manager, Jose Alfaro. Hello, everyone. In a few minutes, we'll be joined by Julio Fuentes, President and CEO of the Hispanic Council for Reform and Educational Options. But first, Jose and Mike, we're here in Connecticut for Charter Awareness Day at the Capitol in Hartford. Tell us a little bit about what's going to happen there. Charter Awareness Day is going to be a really exciting day. We have 24 charter schools in the state of Connecticut that are going to be at the Capitol. Uh, They're going to be displaying their diversity and showing the uniqueness of their models. We'll have parents, advocates, and school leaders up at the state Capitol, all very proud to show their work and just express how much uh, charters have impacted their lives. This is our second annual Awareness Day, and we're honored and fortunate to have Julio Fuentes from Hispanic Creo in here from Florida. Uh, We're really excited for him to bring a national perspective to school choice and what it means to uh, families and communities uh, that don't have enough educational options. Uh, So we're really excited, and it's going to be a fantastic day. And we will have a recap on our blog, extracreditblog.org, and we'll have photos and video there as well. So check it out. And watch us on Twitter. Yeah. We'll be live tweeting. All right. So let's take a quick water break and then we'll bring Julio in. And joining us now is Julio Fuentes, president and CEO of Hispanic Creo. That is the Hispanic Council for Reform and Educational Options. Julio, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, So could you speak to us a little bit about your background, your work, what it is Hispanic Creo does? So Hispanic Creo uh, is a national organization based out of the beautiful state of Florida, West Palm Beach, Florida, to be exact. Uh, We are the only national Hispanic organization in this work of education reform. Uh, We work with families, parents, uh, the business community, faith-based community, um, to educate them on this issue of, of the need for better quality schools and access to better qual- quality schools. So our work is, is really doing some grassroots organizing um, and grass tops, um, and at the same time um, work with legislators and educate them on the importance of supporting uh, some of our ed reform efforts that are happening throughout the country. That sounds absolutely amazing. Um, Thank you again so much for being here. Um, I have a couple of quick questions. How do you feel like your national work can impact our work here in Connecticut? Well, I mean, um, education obviously is is good for for everyone. If it's good for the kids in Florida and Texas and California, obviously it's going to be good for the kids in in Connecticut. So um, this is uh, definitely a national movement. Uh, that's taken place. The school choice movement has has grown uh, leaps and bounds, but without a doubt, we we there's a lot more work that needs to to happen in, in this arena. And Connecticut, obviously, is, a, is an important state for Latinos. Uh, don't know the exact numbers, but I know there are a lot of Latinos in in Connecticut. Um, so so the more that we could um, help with any efforts that are happening here, that's what Hispanic Day is all about. Amazing. Uh, And with that, because we have a large Latino population, can you speak a little bit to the importance of why it is that uh, we need to be advocating for specific ethnic groups? Yeah, so um, 
you know, I'm usually the the buzzkill when I get invited to to some of events to to speak on this on this topic, especially around Hispanic Heritage Month when it's you know a lot of celebration and and hoopla and and margaritas flying around and all that good <laughs> stuff. Um, and of course, I love my my uh, my background, my culture. But I, when you peel that banana back and you start talking about um, 50% of our Hispanic children are not graduating high school, mm. um, in some cases, some districts, you're talking 75% of our kids not graduating high school, um, that's no longer, and we're the future of this country, right? The census numbers uh, yeah. talks about, you know, Latinos, right now we are the majority, minority. Um, and then when you start talking about these numbers on dropout rates, uh, that's a serious issue that for our community, and not just our community, for all of America, right? If we're the future of this country and an uneducated community, yeah. doesn't benefit anyone. So I, 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 I always stress on that point that, um, you know, this is this is an issue for all children, uh, but in our case, we obviously focus on our Hispanic children because of, of just the pure numbers that we see out there. Definitely. So because uh, Hispanic Creo is an organization that focuses on parent advocacy, um, parent activism, and grassroots work, um, what are some things that you can advise parents, specifically Latino and Hispanic parents, on how to get involved and where they could start? So, so um, first of all, that's, that's a little bit of a challenge, getting parents to really be active, um, to, to motivate them. They understand the importance of it. Uh, but to get them to the next level, to really come on out yep. or write a letter or come on a, a podcast, um, that's where that's the level that we're trying to really push our parents to get to. And um, you know, the, in Florida's case right now, the fear factor is is alive. There, we have a, uh, a tax credit scholarship program that has almost ninety thousand kids in that program that, that are on a scholarship program, literally throughout the state. Um, almost forty percent of those kids are Latino kids. Uh, right now, the teachers union has a lawsuit against this program trying to get rid of it, uh, which means 90,000 kids would have to go back to the school that they originally had left to go to a better school. Um, so, you know, that's you need to come out and fight for your child. Um, so so in that case in Florida, um, they see that it's a true threat um, you know, and, and, you know, we have what we call our ninja moms. You know, it's identifying those real special moms that, that I mean, all moms are special, but that yeah. real special one that's willing to go above and beyond um, the call of duty, if you will, uh, and, and just charge her to um, get out there, recruit, talk to other parents. Uh, because I, I strongly believe it's the, who's delivering that message. I mean, I could talk to parents all day right. and the moms all day, but it's, right. it's just not the same. Uh, so identifying those, those ninja moms is, has been real crucial for us. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, we talk about this all the time here in Connecticut as well, where we are advocating on behalf of charters and on behalf of the parents that are in charters and their families. Um, but oftentimes, you know, we're paid advocates. And so, you know, while we do this work out of the need in our communities, legislators and uh, other elected officials, as well as decision makers, usually react better to people coming directly from their constituents. So um, you're absolutely right. Um, can you tell me a little bit about some of your proudest moments or maybe a proud moment that uh, H. Creo has had uh, or you as, a, as the executive director of H. Creo has had? Well, uh, that's, uh, 
that's a bit of a tricky one because there's, there's been there's been plenty of proud moments, but kind of the general theme is uh, we get calls all the time about you know I, of course it starts with the story of my child's being bullied in school and uh, enough is enough I, I need help and the mom's usually crying and uh, when we help them go through that process of getting that that scholarship and. Um, and a lot of times I just, these are just phone calls and never get to meet them. And when I, whether I'm at an event or literally they'll pop into the office to thank me or mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, and it's just, uh, that's special. That's special when you know that you, you've changed a life. I mean, that's, that's, that's real special. So, so in Connecticut, um, the Northeast Charter Schools Network prides itself on being a diverse organization with a diverse leadership, um, specifically with leaders of color. Um, is this a national trend? And if not, is there a sense of urgency and importance of diversity within education reform? Well, first, I applaud you folks for, for that diversity because it is so important. And um, uh, and unfortunately, we do not see enough of that. Um, uh, and it's our fault, right? I mean, I think uh, we take responsibility as an organization that uh, we need to create leaders within this this movement, right? We need some true leaders that are really, like we were talking about the Ninja Mom before, we're talking about now some true leaders in this ed reform movement that could go out and speak at events, that could be on podcasts, that could be on CNN Latino talking about mm-hmm. this issue. Um, there's just not enough... Um, Latinos, I'm talking about specifically in in this fight that we're at. I mean, I'm I'm honored to receive that phone call, you know, to go speak wherever. Um, but there should be a, a slew of folks out there throughout this country. And again, touching on the numbers of Hispanics and the growth of our community, um, shame on us. Um, and, and we're working hard to change that in Florida. Just to give you an example, uh, two weeks ago, we just announced our 100 uh, Hispanic Leaders uh, Academy, mm. where we've already got 50 in the Central Florida area, where we're actually going to train them on, on and empower them how to become leaders. What is the right, you know, first of all, why is this a problem? And two, right. how is it that you can make change? Um, and by the end of the year, we, we, we will have 100 leaders that will actually graduate at our summit, and we're going to go through a whole ceremonial piece and all that. So That's amazing. Um, we're, we're hoping to duplicate this throughout the country because 100 is, you know, it's a drop in the bucket. So um, that's, that's, that's our task, and that's what we're doing in Florida. That sounds incredible. <laughs> um, anytime that we have parents that are being galvanized, that are being empowered, that are um, doing real grassroots work um, and using authentic movements and voices to empower folks, that's always something that um, really generates a lot of uh, trajectory. It helps the movement. It helps a lot of the work that we're all doing. Um, and to see that you're all doing something similar in Florida, uh, it's going to be really exciting to see what some of those outcomes are, both in policy and, uh, you know, in shifting culture and That's mindsets, right? right? Oh. Because at the end of the day, we are not just empowering people, but we are shifting that cultural mindset of, um, you know, of, of uh, feeling powerless and hopeless. And so when we're able to shift that to become empowered and to affect change, we're changing generational lives um, as opposed to just um, giving them something to, to do now, right? So, so, so you just nailed it. You just nailed it. And we, that's exactly what we've been talking about. I think, I think for way too long, um, we use the word advocacy, I mean, which is important, right? We need, right. We need advocacy. We need advocates and all that, all that good stuff. 
But the key word there is power. How do we teach parents, business leaders, the faith-based communities, our pastors out there, how do we teach them that arena of power and what is true power and how to use it, how to be effective uh, with that power that, that, that could grow within you? Um, so yeah, this, I'm really excited about, uh, about this challenge that we set for, forth for ourselves, but, but uh, you know, again, advocacy is great and we're always going to need it, but we need to be talking in the, in the arena of power. Right. Absolutely. Um, what are, what would you say are some um, differences between different states that you're all working in in terms of the needs of parents and their education? Um, how do you see Latino parents defining their needs and necessities versus um, other communities? Yeah. So, for example, in in uh, just to give you the Florida Arizona kind of combination there. Uh, a, a big issue in Arizona is is the English language learners, the the, um, the ELL kids. Yeah. It's a big problem there. We really don't have that big of a problem in Florida. We do, but not as big as what it is in Arizona. So, um, you know, really finding that that point of of interest for for that community, and really focusing on that, and then of course, hopefully, opening it up to other discussions and other arenas, whether it be charters or homeschooling or whatever the case may be. But really identifying that that key point. In Florida, it's access, access to a quality education. We just don't have enough, uh, you know, seats, quality seats. Yeah. Um, and 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 which is another example of of another way that we need to be talking about this movement. We you know we, we talk about choice and opportunities and all that stuff. That's great. Uh, I think we need to start concentrating on quality education. And what does that look like? What does quality education look like? Um, and that might mean one thing to one person, might mean something you know, to, to the, the next person. But, but still, that discussion of quality needs to be at the table. Absolutely. Absolutely agreed. Um, so charter schools are community-driven. What do you believe the community's role in education should be? And how do you think that that helps to close the achievement gap? Well, I mean, it's, it's yeah, the, the, it's, in, in our world, we look at this as the perfect storm. You know, and that's why we were talking about grassroots organizing, grass tops organizing. I think way too many times we, uh, we focus from the top down, right? We, we, there's a bunch of money that's going into whatever state capital and hiring all these lobbyists and trying to really push a certain agenda, um, which is it's fine. You need that. Uh, but then what happens is if, if something is successful, a bill is successful, then everybody's scrambling around how to implement it. You know, how do you educate the community of what was just passed? What does that mean to me? Um, so we believe, you know, in that, in that perfect storm where you need the faith-based community. I truly believe the faith-based community plays a big role in this work that we do. The business community, an uneducated workforce is no good for anybody, right? So the business community needs to be engaged in this. Um, you need, of course, um, you know, in Florida, we have a great relationship with the American Cancer Society, you know, not that they take a position on anything that we're working on, but obviously their reach is tremendous, right? So um, working with them, they share a lot of our newsletter stuff and they social media, they follow us and they retweet stuff. Um, so it's, it's truly a community effort, you know, to really meet, do something that's meaningful for, for that community. Wonderful. 
Well, thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate you being here, taking the time to come out of uh, out to Connecticut uh, from Florida. I'm sure that it was a very long way, um, but we greatly appreciate you coming up, um, doing this podcast with us, and helping us in our efforts here in Connecticut. No, thank you for having me, and again, congr- congratulations on all the work that you folks are doing here. So once again, thank you to Julio Fuentes for joining us for the podcast and Charter Awareness Day. If you want to read more on Hispanic Creo, you can go to hcreo.com. And if you want more on Charter Awareness Day today, uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We're going to be live streaming on Periscope and Facebook Live. We'll be live tweeting um, on extracreditblog.org. We'll have a nice little recap for you, all sorts of goodies. So until next time. Mm-hmm.